Oh, that too. Sean Kelly uh, from Into the Night. Cole, he's not here. Oh man, who happened there? There we go. Okay, hi everybody. My name is Sean Kelly and um, I am your host of Into the Night with Sean Kelly. Um, We are on UPRN Radio 105.3, New Orleans. I'm going to adjust my camera there for a minute. That song that you heard at the beginning of the show was called The Parting Glass. And if I tear up a little bit here, you know, excuse me for it. Um, that was my dad's favorite song. Okay. And he passed over 30 years ago. And... I, it would, and 
there were times that it would just come on the radio, you know, just a normal radio station. And I knew that he was telling me that he was okay. And when I heard that song, you know, on the radio, I was going through a hard time, a real hard time. Because I didn't, I don't think I mourned his death, but I missed him, you know. And he, I guess he just somehow maneuvered that song onto the radio so I could hear it. And kind of like, like put a little, little joy into my heart, okay? But it also made me bawl my eyes out. And it's not good when you're bawling your eyes out um, when you're driving down the highway, you know? Because you know the, the tears that get into your eyes and stuff like that. Um, and so tonight, um, uh, two very dear friends of mine, very, very dear friends of mine, both lost somebody. And I really didn't want to do my show tonight because I, I just didn't think it was right. I don't know. I just had that feeling that I just didn't want to do it because I got depressed and stuff like that. And then I talked to my station manager you know, and I told her what was going on. And she said, you got to do it, really. You know, you can talk about this, talk about that. And so she came up with the idea of talking about grief, okay? And grief, there, there's a lot of things about the grief, you know, um, feeling sad. Um, I'm going to get into the stages of grief, but like I, I saw this comment when I was, you know, doing some research about it and it says God, you know, or gave us a gift of pain. And so we can re, you know, so we can, react when something goes wrong and um, I read that over 10 20 times and you know when when they say God gave us the uh, gift of, of pain you know um, you know how you break your ankle and you know you're limping and you know it's broken and you realize it's there or you break your wrist and you can't use your wrist and stuff like that but you know what there's more than just bodily pain. There's mental pain. There's emotional pain. And I believe in my heart that in order for me, I'm going to put me in this situation, in order for me to grow in life, I have to experience emotional stuff. For instance, my father, you know, um, 
he's been dead over 31 years. I was what? Uh, 26? 20, no, 20, 25. I was 25 years old. You know, and he he passed away when he was 52. And, and it, it came to a realization to me that he was gone. And I was just starting life. In fact, I got out of the service. You know, I was a year out of the service when, when my father passed. And he died of cancer. You know, he smoked like a fiend. And, um, and for the longest time, for me, I, I couldn't, I could not grieve, grieve for him. And, you know, no matter how hard I tried to grieve for him, for some reason, I just couldn't, you know. Um, but tonight, when my station manager told me about this, I started to grieve. And, you know, I, I haven't really stopped crying since I started this tonight, you know. And then, of course, I had to listen to The Parting Glass for some. By, uh, I think that was Liam Clancy who sang that. I'm not sure. And all of a sudden, all these emotions are starting to come back up into me, okay? And I was starting to really think that, wow, he's gone. It's real hard to explain to you all what I'm going through right now. But my heart aches. And it took 30 some years, you know. And I, I thought I was over it, you know, you know, being, you know, working the paranormal and stuff like that. I figured, hey, you know what? You know, maybe he don't like the job that I'm doing, you know, chasing ghosts or, you know, the real bad decisions I've made in my entire life. And it really bothered me that, you know, I couldn't feel him or see him, but I wasn't sure if I was blocking it out or he kind of deliberately just would not come to me. And, and it really just blew me away, you know. Um, and I remember when my son was born, okay, and this is, this is such a cool story. I, I, I need to tell you this. Because when my son was born, I always wondered if he ever saw my dad, okay? You know, that, that bothered me that he wasn't at my wedding. He wasn't there when my son was born. But you know what? I guess he was because I tell you what, my, my boy was about, oh, maybe two or three months old. And I took him up to my Uncle Paul and Aunt Penny's place for a visit. And what's really crazy is that my Uncle Paul was a splitting image of my dad. And when my Uncle Paul came around the cats, 
he looked up like my son went like this like he knew who he was and then i knew right then and there yes my dad comes to my son and he was you know it really touched my heart you know i was like okay he's got dad you know dad protect him crazy old mean not mean but he could fight Irishman. you know so um I, it, it just, this is such a hard night for me because, um, you know, what happened to my dear friends, um, it, it brought up something in me. You know, I really believe that things happen for a reason. There's no such thing as coincidences. And so I, I really am praying for you too, very, very much. You know, um, I'll do whatever I can for you, um, for both of you. But I'm hurting. And I'm going to, but you know what? I'm going to be okay about it. So I started to research a little bit about grief, okay? Um, and there's five stages of grief. And um, I got my little notepad over here, my iPod pad, because I bought a new phone and they gave me a they gave me an iPad along with it. it was free, I guess it was part of the deal, which was pretty cool, I guess. So I put it sent myself an email and I have it written here. So if you see me looking over here, you know, I'm just checking out my notes because you know, being an alcoholic for a long time, you know, you lose a couple brain cells up in there, you know. But um there is, uh, I was reading that there are five stages of grief, okay? And the first one, first stage is, is denial, okay? And in my situation, yes, um, so it, it he was so young. My dad was so young. He was 52 years old when he died. And I'm saying, this can't be happening, you know? Um, he had 11 brothers and sisters, and he was the first one to go. And it really, I, I just couldn't understand it was happening. I, it was hard to believe it was happening. And, and, and I just like, kind of like, just, I guess, ignored the situation. You know, I ignored the situation and I really didn't. I know he wasn't there. My dad, the last year before he died, um, he had lung cancer and he was really, really bad, real bad. And I, I just, I, I remember, and you got to forgive me, I was 25 and my dad was really bad. And I came home Sunday from work one time and I, um, because he loved the Steelers. We watched the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're Steelers fans. We watched the Pittsburgh Steelers. They played the Chicago, Chicago Bears. And, and I remember this day and I regret this day. I totally regret. Because I asked my dad when I got home, I said, did you watch the Steeler game? And he looked at me and he said, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's how far the cancer got to his brain, you know. And I said some really bad things to him. Um, I was mad at him. You know, I was mad at God. I'm like, why are you doing it to this man? 
you know? Why? And I said some bad things. And I never apologized. I never got to apologize to him. And I guess down the road when I got sober, yeah, maybe I did in, in, in working the steps, you know. But um, I never did. And that hurt. Because that's the last thing my dad heard out of my mouth. And it killed me. Really killed me that I said that because I was so mad at God. I was so mad at him. And then when I said some other stuff that I don't want to repeat on here, you know, it's not that I don't want to tell you. It's that I, I hit a low, real low, when I said to him. And then, and come December, he just, the cancer just went to his brain and he was a vegetable, you know. And I, I used to go out on my porch, at that time I drank, and I would drink a six, six pack of beer. And think, why, 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 why? Why, why is this happening? What am I going to do? I'm 24 years old, you know, or 25, whatever it was, I don't know. And I would get drunk, you know, because it wasn't supposed to happen. Not yet. He was young, still young. In fact, he has, I have a couple, I have an aunt and uncle that are still alive, you know, and um, I, I, that's where my denial came in. And so, again, you know, the stages of the grief, now they're not always, you know, in order, okay, but um, I definitely had a lot of denial about him having that cancer, you know, I always thought he would get better. I really did, and he didn't. He just got worse, you know, so. Wow, Michelle, <laughs> what a time to bring us up, this situation up. But you know what? All of us need to hear it, you know? And I'm, I'm sharing my story with every one of y'all. Um, the second stage is called anger, and of course, um, we get angry at the situation. It's like, again, why God, why God, why God? This isn't supposed to be happening. No. And then you get so mad at God. You get so mad at the person who you love, who brought you into this world. And then the more, you know, you get you get angry at them. And, and they didn't do nothing wrong. You still smoke cigarettes. But at the time I smoked cigarettes, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't care because he had that. I, did, I didn't care at all, you know? And um, so, and, and then I would look at what really, really, really got me mad. What, and a lot of anger is when he was sick, you know, no one asked about him. No one came over and visited him, you know? And... It was a killer, um, but I had a lot of anger issues with that. And of course my anger issues, 
caused me to drink and I drank and I drank. You know, three years later, I I joined Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, the third one is bargaining. And in my dad's situation, um, I bargained with God. I bargained. I, I, I would say, you know what? If you can make him feel better and not be in pain, okay, um, I will quit drinking. Or I will do this. Or I will do that. And I, I, and I bargained with God. God Almighty, I bargained with him. I... Me and him were not on good terms. We weren't. I did everything I could possibly do to get my father better. And hoping that God would help. But he never did. And at that time, I, I, oh God, I was so mad at him. I really was. Called him every name in the book. Not my dad, but the big man, God. And... I, I just I just lost it on me. And so I guess the bargaining didn't work with him, you know, and that was um, it was different. Me and God did not have a relationship back then, but it did grow as time went on. Um, the fourth one is the depression. And I'm dealing with a lot of depression now. And, and not so much back then when my father had the cancer. He, um, I, I, I just look at him and, and look at everything around him, all his friends and stuff, and, and no one paying him a visit and no one calling my mom to say, hey, how are you doing? How's he doing? What's going on? And that hurt. It hurt me inside. It hurt me a lot. I couldn't figure out. I mean, when he was alive and well, yeah, he had a lot of fun. Yeah, he did a lot of drinking. You know, he's a good man. My father was a good man. And this is crazy that I'm talking about him because I really, really ever, ever talked about him at all. You know? So maybe it's about time I start. Maybe it's time for me to start, you know, talking about him and remembering the memories and remembering the good things. And I, I also got to remember the bad things, okay? But it's, it's him that I'm remembering. And it took 30 years to start remembering him. 30 years today, you know? Um, and the fifth one is accepting it. And it took, and when I joined Alcoholics Anonymous, I don't know if any of y'all know about it, but they have the serenity prayer. And it goes like this. And this is how I summed up, you know, this prayer saved my life from drinking, from saving my family and, and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. And every time I'd say it, I guess it was like, directed to my father for me, you know, um, but it goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. 
the courage to change the things I can. And there wasn't another difference. And as I was doing my research tonight before the show, I was looking at that serenity prayer. And it was right in front of me all this time. But my mind was closed about it, you know. So, for me, I, I, I'm kind of glad this all happened. I'm not talking to my friends. I'm talking of me doing the research, what my station manager said for me to look up, you know. When, when my friends and family, when even the people out there right now, who I don't know but watch my show, you know, who know me by name, just remember I do grieve with you. You know, I do, you know. By saying a prayer or sending a message, tell them that, you know, I'm here thinking about you and, and whatever you need, you know, come. I'll help you. Just give me a call and do whatever you can. But I do grieve with you, you know. So, um, so it was crazy that um, with with these five stages, okay. And I can relate to all of them with my father. That again, they are denial, uh, anger. Bargaining, acceptance, and depression. And from now on, from this time forward, I, I can actually start working on that for me. You know, I can start working on those stages. Maybe it's about time that I change my life around and start walking a new path, you know, accepting his death, you know. So we'll see what happens. But, like I was telling you before, you know, so you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, my father, I'm just going to use my father as, as the, because I relate to all of it, you know. Um, but they send signs to you, you know. They send signs to you to let you know that they are there. And so as I was doing my research tonight, you know, I was like, hmm, what about signs? You know, how do you know? Like, remember last week's show, we talked about signs about your ex-girlfriend and stuff like that. Well, this time it's a different thing. It's about your loved ones that have passed, okay? And so the signs sent from us, from our loved ones, could be animals. You know, it could be dogs, it could be cats, whatever. And and I remember it was crazy because a couple of days ago I was really depressed, really, really depressed. And when I was driving to work, this is no lie, it's like six in the morning, right? And I'm driving to work. And all of a sudden I was at the stop sign, stoplight, and three cardinals landed on my car. Random, you know. So I was like, "Holy crap!" Because you know, as they say, if you read about it, if you see cardinals, okay, 
that is your uh, family members who have deceased are trying to send you a message here. Um, but I was in a hurry to get to work, so I really didn't have the opportunity to say hello to the Cardinals, in which I do. Um, but as time went on, um, I went to lunch that afternoon, and honest to God, in front of me were the three Cardinals that were there in the morning. And I'm thinking, hmm, what's going on here? So I didn't think it was my dad. I don't think my dad could do that. You know, my dad was totally out of my mind that day. I thought maybe it was my grandma or my uncle or whoever, but never my father. But as the more as I, you know, read tonight, um, yes, I have no doubt in my mind that it could have been my dad, you know, which was pretty cool. You know, it was nice to see them, you know, and um, when we have a, um, and, and another thing I'd like to bring along with the pets when it comes, you know, I, I you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that have animal friends that, that have like cats, dogs, or, you know, llamas or whatever kind of pet or animal that they got, you know, that they are very close to, which was almost his family, you know. Um, what in, in their, their pets would pass, um, they were in the grief-stricken situation as if it was like, you know, their parents or whatever, right? But, um, but I've talked to a lot, not a lot, but some people about it, you know, especially when we would do investigations. A lot of my clients would come up to me and say, hey, listen, let me sit in my chair. And um, all of a sudden, something would brush up against my leg. And the first thing out of my mouth was, did you have an animal that passed? And they said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, that was probably them, their spirit, you know, telling you that they're there and that they're okay. Um, Nothing to worry about. And and that kind of made the client feel a little better, you know. Now, I, I, I got a problem with some people believing that animals do not have spirits. Or, I'm sorry, but they do. Okay. And they're there. The dogs, the cats, their, their pets are there with them. You know, you might hear like, like, step. You know how a dog walks on, you know, towel floors, or you know is kind of leaning over toward the wall, and you have another animal that just keeps looking at that wall down on the floor. You know, and the reason why they hang around, I believe, and this is what I think, is that they're safe there. Those those spirit animals are safe. The dogs, the cats, everything—they're safe there. So I really never experienced it because I only had one dog, and that was, it was an English bulldog. And um, he died when I was 12 years old. So at that time, I really didn't know nothing about spirits and stuff like that. So I'm sure he hung around. But um, so, yes, animals do have, you know, they, they, they do have spirit. 
and they will hang around, you know. And when, and, and I talk to some of my clients, and it seems like that when the when their uh, pets would come around, um, was when they were sad or missing them, something like that, you know. Um, that's when they would feel the spirit of the dog jump on their lap. That's happened to a couple clients before. And they just want you to know that they're okay. And that they're there. Um, so, uh, another sign is fragrant. Fragrance. Okay. Um, I remember over in Lawrenceville, we did an investigation. And there was a strong smell of perfume. And I call it old lady perfume. Um, Jean de Tay. So any old people out there, please, 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 but forgive me for saying that, but that's the one I know. But everybody smelt it in the air. And the guy, our client, he said to me, he goes, you know what? That's what my grandmother used to, my mother used to wear. And I asked him, is your mother deceased? And he said, yes. And I said, do you smell it all the time? And he says, no. He goes, I, I, I really never paid attention to it. Never paid attention to the smell. And um, so I kind of figured it would be his mom telling him that he, she's okay, you know? Because um, when, 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 when our loved ones pass away, okay, they... Um, they don't want to go nowhere, even though they have the opportunity to, because they just want to make sure that their family are, is okay, you know. Um, another sign of fragrances was my father, like I said, my father smoked two packs a day, and he drank a lot of coffee. And there would be times down, you know, I'll be sitting where he used to sit, and um, even my mom, she even says it too, that there are times when you can smell cigarette smoke. And the only thing I do is I jolt. That's all I do. I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes no more. And I very rarely drink coffee at night. And I remember one night she looked over to me. She said, your dad's here. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, can't you smell it? And I sniffed and I smelled the cigarette and I smelled the coffee. So, you know, maybe they try to, maybe, you know, spirits try to, you know, try to, one way to get to you and you're not responding. So they'll send some fragrances or, you know, well, I, I've, I've been in the houses and in uh, investigations to where you can smell lilacs on a cigar the lilacs it's crazy but you know i'm just you know touching my my pot here you know but um it's crazy but with the lilacs and stuff but smell is, plays a very important part you know of your loved one trying to get a hold of you you know i've experienced it with my dad and his cigarettes and his coffee you know um now Another, you know, thing was feathers, you know, coins. And here's what's crazy, right? 
my dad collected coins. And when I read this, it kind of blew my way because I never figured. Um, I remember one time I was, you know, I, I went to my room or something. And um, I have no money in my room. Because <laughs> I'm poor broke. Nah, I'm just kidding. But I had no money in my room. In, it, in my room. And all of a sudden, I seen this silver dollar bill, this Walking Liberty silver dollar bill. I'm like, what the hell is this coming from? I didn't put that there. And I asked my brother and I asked my mom. And they didn't put it there. And then all of a sudden, I got this chill come over me. I'm thinking, hmm, wonder what's up with that, you know? Because whenever I feel that chill on me, I know it's a spirit, you know, close to me or around me. But, you know, at that time when that happened, you know, I was in total denial with my dad being dead, you know. I wasn't grieving him. So I, I, I kind of like said, ah, you know, maybe an angel sent it or whatever, but not realizing that um, my dad collected silver liberty dollar, silver dollar liberty, standing liberty dollars. And, and as, like I said, as of tonight, as I was researching this and reading it, all these things are coming back to me. All these little signs that were happening that my father was trying to get a hold of me. But at that time, I was not, I was not, you know, grieving it. I wasn't denying or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I'm lost for words right now because I don't want to say. But I wasn't thinking of my dad. So it was my dad probably. More than likely it was my dad telling me that he's okay. You know, showing signs. Either one of the signs that he sent me, but he sent me up a couple other ones, and I got them coming up. Um, like songs. Now, a song that was played for you at the beginning of the show it was called "The Parting Glass," and it was sung by one of the Clancy brothers. That was my dad's favorite song. And it was really weird. I was driving down the street. I was driving, and all of a sudden, I had it on, on the radio station, and my God, it just came on. It wasn't St. Patrick's Day. Maybe it was getting close to St. Patty's Day, but I heard the song. And then when I hear that song, I get these massive chills all over me. Like, you know how you, I call them spidey senses. In fact, they're with me right now. So I'm sure my father's with me right now. Oh, and it's funny, as I was, you know, taking my notes and doing everything tonight for the show, my uh, attic light, my office light just kept flickering off and on. And that's another sign that, the, you know, that's another thing that they tell you that, you, you know, your loved ones are trying to get a hold of you by blinking the light. So tonight was pretty intense for the show. Um, dreams. And from what I read tonight, that dreams are the best way in order for you to commune your father or your mother or a, a deceased one. It's a lot easier for them to come in on your dreams and talk to them. But I'd like to share a dream with you that I had of my father. And this was about a year ago. I remember I, I either A, I was astral pointing or it was, it was black and white. And I saw my father sitting at the dining room table with a cup of coffee 
And I went over to him and I said, Dad, is that you? But he, he would never look at me. So I'm thinking, nah, that can't be. But I started to see the outline on how my father looked when, you know, when, when he passed. And it was him. And I know, I said, do you want me to make you a, a breakfast? Do you want me to make you a sandwich? You know, do you want me to tell mom you're here? And he wouldn't talk. I'm thinking, oh, hell. You know, and it was so vivid. So vivid this, that my father was there at that dining room table. And he was in my dreams for two to three days. I saw him. He never looked up and he never talked to me. So I'm thinking, uh-oh, I did something wrong. But um, I guess not. You know, I, 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 I don't know. But I saw my dad in my dreams. And they were real. So when they say that, you know, your loved ones can come in on your dreams, yeah, they can. I experienced it, you know. Um... Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to do that one last one. You know, they share thoughts in your head. And I explain this to everybody. You know, I don't believe we have a subconscious mind. So whatever the scientists are saying out there that we have a subconscious. But if you ever hear that little voice in the back of your head talking to you, okay, ah, probably a loved one. You know, it's probably your... Your grandma or your great-grandma or your mom and dad, you know what I mean, um, talking to you. So may I suggest that when you start hearing that, when you know you're not thinking these words, but you hear it in the back of your head, okay, I highly suggest that you kind of like listen to it because they're probably sending you a message. Had to bring out one of them. But here's the last one, Okay. Numbers, and I'm going to share another story with you, with my father. Uh, we used to go down to the Wheeling Downs down in West Virginia. It was a dog races. We'd go all the time. And so one time I went down there, and I went down by myself. And I felt my dad's presence in my car. I smelled the cigarette smoke, and I also felt his presence. And I'm thinking, ah, we, you know, I'm talking to him like, hey, are we going to win tonight or what? And then that voice that I told you about the back of your head, he said, my dad said, look at the license plate in front of you when you get off the, um, get off the exit. And I remember it was 312 was the last three digits of the, of the license plate. And then he went away. And so what I did was I played a $2 bet every race, you know, 312, and it hit twice. You know, maybe your dad played a lucky number, you know, or a lottery number that he always played, and all of a sudden you see it popping up everywhere. I'm trying to tell you something, like go play that number, the lottery you might hit, you know. But I wanted to share that, you know, the story about wheeling, so... Everything I read tonight, everything I looked up before I came on tonight um, is true, and I've experienced it. And so this kind of like awoken me a lot. It, it, it waked me up a lot.
the things that happened to me that I didn't realize what I was seeing. But I know that um, in conclusion, you know, this situation, you know, if you look at us right now, if you look at me, okay, we're live and we're talking on the internet and all that stuff. Or who? And you have to remember that our bodies, our bodies, we aren't, you know, is a shell. Okay? Our spirit lives within. So when we die, our shell dies. But our spirit moves on. And the spirit will stay around for as long as they need to in order for you to accept it, to accept the fact that, you know, they have passed. And make sure you're not hurting. There's a couple other reasons why they hang around too. And that's if they were a bad person, you know, they want to make sure that everything's right between you and them um, before they go to the light. There's a lot of reasons why. But the shell dies. It's just a body. It's a shell. Nothing. But their spirit moves up. And the spirit's with you now. And think about it, right? Especially the older or anybody who had a lot of pain, like my father, you know, like my uncles. They had a lot of, you know, they were hurting. They were hurting bad physically. But they're, they're in no more pain. I believe that there are no more, there's no more pain. In fact, they're young again. And this is what I believe in. I don't know what, you know, what your your beliefs are out there. But I'm sure that when, when they die, that they're just going to keep hanging around. And they're young and they're pain-free. And what's really cool is, is that they get to see you know, the deceased members that passed before they did, you know. So that's what I really have, you know, with the grieving. I got about three minutes here, okay, and I just want to tell everybody that, that thank you for listening to the show tonight. Um, to my two special friends, I will definitely be praying for you in all the situations. And everything, anything you all need, call me um but i need to talk about where i'm at to myself the last week i was really depressed and it, it wasn't a good one and my mom came up to me today and she said what's wrong with you when my mom sees it you know something's up and i told her what was going on you know And, and you know what? She gave me a hug. What I've been waiting for. She gave me a hug. My mom. My mom don't hug. <laughs> my mom don't hug. But she gave me a hug. She said it's going to be okay. Just like that. Now, could it have been my father working through her to give me a hug? I don't know. But just remember, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, call hotline. You know. If you're depressed, seek help. If you're on medication, take your medication. Because 
this world's in a pretty, pretty bad place, and there's a lot of a lot of mental illness going on out there, and um, we, we we need to fight this, and we can. Remember, we will, we will fight this, and it will be better. And on that note, I'm not until a minute left, and I just want to say again, thank you for listening to the show. I'll be praying for you all. Uh, parents, if you can, please go up to your children and give them a hug and tell them that you love them. And children, please go to your parents and give them a hug and tell them that you love them. I'm telling you what, that three-word sentence, I love you, goes a long way. And on that note, I'm going to say goodnight. See you next week. I don't know what the topic's going to be. But uh, enjoy your evening and see you next week and happy hunting. Thank you.